This is the Empowered Athlete Podcast, hosted by yours truly, the one and only Natty Boss, lifelong athlete, sports dietitian, breathwork facilitator, personal development junkie, and holistic performance coach. This podcast is here to change the paradigm of what it means to be a high-performance athlete. The intention and mission of this podcast is to help you create freedom, clarity, and balance in your life while giving you the tools to heal yourself, improve your well-being, and optimize performance. I believe that in order to reach our highest potential in this human experience, we must unlearn and let go of everything we've been conditioned to believe about ourselves and the world so that we can truly tap into what our divine path is and have the courage to pursue the curriculum of our soul. It's my hope that after every episode, you feel activated and empowered to make change in your life that supports you in operating from a place of alignment of who you're meant to be. Get ready for major shifts and transformation. It's time to dive in. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Empowered Athlete Podcast. Today, we have Mike Moore, aka Mindset Mike, who is a repeat guest of this podcast because he has so much wisdom and knowledge to offer, and he is embarking for a little bit now on a new venture that I really wanted to give him the floor to discuss because he's worked with very high level athletes and he really knows what he's talking about as far as the mindset shifts that need to be in place in order to reach those high levels of performance and really execute the way that your mind wants you to be able to perform the way you want. And so he is, last time we chatted, he was in Houston and he has since moved to San Diego. So he's in San Diego, California right now. He's a renowned mindset coach with a proven track record of helping athletes and teams at the highest levels perform at their best. His strategies have been used by thousands of athletes worldwide, including MMA world champions, uh, multiple NCAA championship teams, hundreds of athletes in the UFC, Bellator, along with college and high school elite athletes. So he's really covered a wide range of athletes. And today- I Plenty really- of jujitsu people too. Yes, jujitsu. And of course, um, that all crosses over with the MMA world and things like that. Yeah. And so today, um, we wanted to- dive into his newest venture called The Unfair Advantage. And he actually recently just kind of promoted it publicly on social media and everything, but has been doing it for a few months behind the scenes. And so in this kind of new company, new um, venture, their extensive experience in competing and coaching in the highest levels that we've talked about and his former experience in the FBI. Is it former, right? At this point? Former, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um he basically integrates that into a group of trainable skills that he grouped together as something called the unfair advantage so that you can have that edge against your competition. And that's where the the title comes from that he will obviously expand on. And their program provides a proven system that combines cutting edge mental skills with a strategy called grit, G-R-I-T, right? To bulletproof your performance and produce consistent long-term results. So I know that if you're here, if you're listening, you know, we're always on the quest of optimizing performance and he's always someone great to have. So with his old, it was wrestling mindset, right? Correct. That's the company I used to work for. Yeah. So wrestling mindset was his old venture. And now he's stepping into this new thing that I thought was worth, you know, having the floor and talking about. So thank you for being here, Mike. Awesome, man! Thank you for thank you for having me. It's always uh, it's always fun when we get to chat with like minded people. Yes, absolutely. So we talked briefly in the intro just how you were working for Wrestling Mindset and you took this new adventure. So 
what I kind of want to know the story of how did the unfair advantage come to life? Sure. So I had been working with wrestling mindset for a few years. And when I started having clients, uh, teams or individuals that were going on for multiple years at a time, the curriculum that they had, while it's very good, it's, it just wasn't expansive enough to be able to handle high level people long-term. In addition, there were just, you know, parts of the curriculum that were really kind of geared towards like the high, the high school level athlete or like the lower level college. So when I started working with very high level people, I essentially started creating some of my own things um, just to sustain the, the, the interest and the results that I was getting. Well, over COVID, when um, we couldn't do anything, couldn't go anywhere. So I wasn't traveling 60 plus flights in a year. I wanted to consolidate all the knowledge that I had gained over the years between traveling and working with people and, uh, you know, kind of formulate all these ideas that were going through my head into something more systematic. So that was kind of like when the guts of this started was right around COVID, I started kind of jotting down a lot of ideas, formulating like, like what direction would I want to go? And, you know, over the course of the next few years, kind of putting some intentional time and effort knowing that like the day would probably come when I would, when, when I would split to do my own thing, because, you know, my main thing that gives me the most joy in this job uh, outside of like making impact in people's lives and, you know, just in loving what I do is working with the highest level of performers. So if I wanted to work with just the 1% level of people, that's just kind of a different business model and a different approach than what they were doing. So they do a great job. Um, I still refer people to them all the time, you know, for like their avatar, what they're looking for. I, I you know, I, I think they do great. My, my niche is, is just the top level of high performance athletes, teams. And, and nowadays I even work with some business owners. So, you know, working with, you know, people that run hedge funds and, you know, VPs of companies that make 25 plus million dollars a year. So no, no matter what the genre, if you're a high performer, this program is, is for you. So, you know, essentially combining all of that information and consolidating into something that I feel like if I take you through this training, you can rinse and repeat or what I call reverse engineer success at scale. So instead of working really hard and hoping that you win, high performers aren't really worried about winning and losing so much. They want their potential to show up. So I wanted to come up with a system where you can really showcase and live up to, if not exceed your potential, but do it on command instead of hoping that your training shows up. Mm, that's really, really good. I love that. So I think that plays nicely into kind of the next thing I wanted to ask you, which is obviously I think it, it's pretty self-explanatory where the name unfair advantage came from. Like, like you mm -hmm. said, um, if there is any other type of explanation behind it of what made you brainstorm into that, but I think sure. it's giving you that unfair advantage over the you know, opponent or whatever it is that you're working on. But I'm just curious, like how you came to come with that. And then my, then my question, yeah. but I want to just kind of know that. Sure. Yeah. So um, the original name of the business was supposed to be Bulletproof Training Methods. Uh, I talk about bulletproofing a lot and mm -hmm. I couldn't come up with something better than that. And, you know, and when I came up with that name, I'm like, ah, just, it ain't it. Like it's, I like it, but that ain't it. And then it's funny. I actually saw, um, there was a recovery business in Arizona in, in Phoenix where I would often visit. 
and it was called the unfair advantage. And I texted them like two years ago. I was like, Hey dude, like I've been coming up with this name for a future business of mine. Like I can't think of anything better than yours. I mean, there's plenty unfair advantage X, Y's and Z's all over the internet, but I found this one recovery business and how they marketed that. And I was like, man, that's exactly the vibe of what I'm looking for. So that, that's the, that's the funny origination story of it. But yeah. essentially why did I choose that name is I want you to feel like our training is not supplemental. I want you to feel like it's unfair to compete against you. So I want you to feel like you have a certain set of skills that your opponents just don't have. So again, if my, if my avatar is 1% level athletes, you're probably ranked top 10 or top five in the country or the world, um, or you're chasing those things, the skill gap at the top is very small. So you're not going to get dramatically better when you're that good at your sport, but you can get dramatically better at optimizing yourself. So at the mm -hmm. highest levels, if you were to take jujitsu or MMA, outside of taking steroids, there's really not much more that you can do to get that much better. You already have great strength and conditioning. You've got great technique. You have great professors. You have great training partners. Like what else are you going to do? Work harder and burn your body out. Oh so God, yes. yeah. So, or, or take steroids if we're jujitsu. So, you know, the, the, the reality is that like, I wanted to create something that genuinely made it feel unfair to compete against you. Because if you look at the track record, you know, I've over 20 people that have beaten number one in the country or the world. So like, People like Amanda Levy, you're not supposed to beat Gabby Garcia, let alone dominate Gabby Garcia and make her think it's a good idea to pull guard for the first time in 20 years, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not the reason Amanda did that, but allowing her to go into that match with a level of confidence and focus and strategy to do what everyone on the planet thought was unthinkable, and then to do that 20 other times in many different sports, that's where I felt like the unfair advantage really stuck for me. And um yeah. That's what I want my athletes to feel, you know, not just you have confidence in doing mindset training, like mindset training by itself is great, but I want you to genuinely feel like you have an unfair advantage when you compete. And that should not only give you confidence, but a level of focus and insurance that the best version of you can show up. Yeah. Would you say that like, in addition to like the mindset training, which can be somewhat at the cognitive level, do you feel that what really differentiates what you do? Do you add any level of like shifting embodiment? Feel so like tell me, tell tell me, uh, give me another word for embodiment. So more like the felt, like the becoming of, like becoming what it is that like you're training, mm. like really, um, not just visualizing mentally, but bringing like your body, the sensations, the emotions, the feeling yeah. in advance. Like I would say training, just kind I, of curious because I feel like that is yeah. such a critical aspect in some of the work that I do as far as like really being able to, um, you know, not just have these concepts be in the mind, but a little bit more yes. grounded in the body. Yeah, you know, I a hundred percent agree. I would say, so I, I've, uh, I, I met someone recently who's like really into the spiritual side of coaching kind of like in, in where, in like the directions that you're going. So I would say like, I do something very similar to you guys, except just on a very tactical, strategic, almost make it feel like where military meets spirit, like all, yeah, all in yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like a very strategic, like, like surgical way to do it. But also essentially what I tell clients is that there's three layers to building an athlete. There's, there's physical, psychological, and heart. 
right? And everyone tries to everyone tries to solve your psychological shortcomings with physical hard work, right? Or they try to physically outwork their heart issues, meaning like, you know, bravery, courage, vulnerability, um, empathy, things like that. So layer one, layer two, layer three, okay? You cannot solve a third dimensional problem or a second dimensional problem with a first dimensional solution. I can't solve, I, I can't physically outwork my confidence issues. Um, my confidence can't overcome my lack of vulnerability, empathy, and things like that. So uh, gratitude being the most important. So I feel like what I've learned how to do is weaponize heart. So when I can teach someone to make vulnerability and gratitude a performance enhancing weapon in a very strategic, not a anecdotal way, then I, I, I feel like I'm able to touch a different part of athletes that most of them don't. So while I think like on the on the more spiritual side, like the embodiment side, like I think you attack that directly. I attack that indirectly, but in a very powerful way, because like I'm, I'm doing a group course right now, uh, one with women, one with men, one with coaches. And all the women are like, my mental health is so much better in the last two weeks. Like I feel different. I can sleep better. Um, I'm so much happier, you know, not just in jujitsu, but in general, um, my self-talk is so much better. And that's without ever having like spending time doing self-talk. I feel like if you can, if you, when you know how to strategically use gratitude as a performance enhancing weapon, you know, the dopamine cortisol balance is something that you can change for your day-to-day in and out of training, not, not, not just inside of training. So yeah. it changes who you are, not just becoming something that you do, if that makes sense. That's so, 100, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, when you, like you said, you're weaponizing the heart and the heart is one of the, if not the most powerful organ and part of us. And so when we can weaponize that, it really brings everything else into coherence. So in a way, like you said, like you're just really utilizing it for more of like an, a masculine energy approach and more like strategy and like structure and things like that versus like more of like the free flowing spiritual side. Um, but essentially, I think, I think I match not to interrupt you, but I, just, I really wanted to get this point across. because You said it really well. Yeah. I don't think like I wouldn't say a masculine approach. I think like think of vulnerability. That's not a masculine thing at all. Like gratitude, not a masculine thing at all. But like. I can bring what we would say is a typical like feminine type of energy and idea with a more masculine type approach to where, you know, when I work with like a Zhang Wei Li, like I can't talk ooey gooey feels to somebody like her. When I walk, when I work with a team that wants to win an NCAA championship, we can get into some ooey gooey feels as a women's team trying to win a a division one national championship, but it's more so where I can meet these like some of these more feminine heart topics with a like direct, more masculine approach with strategy instead of having them rely on emotion. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was talking about in regard to like the strategy is more of like that just firm and directness, um, which I think Mm -hmm. that really works well with those high level athletes. Cause a lot of times it's, they have that natural tendency and those qualities already, which is what's gotten them there to that high level. Um, So, yeah. So, in addition to that, that was just like an offshoot question that I had, but no, it's great. What do you believe about the the key aspects of having quote unquote the unfair advantage? So we talked, you talked and you touched on gratitude, which is something that's been a a thread in all of your work. Um, but what if, what would you say are some of those things that give that athlete that ability to know that their skills are going to show up in the moment and not just like mm-hmm. hope? You said for sure. 
So I feel like there's four key pillars in the teaching of my program um, that I feel like when these four things are present, along with like a set of mental skills, a very specific set of mental skills that I can reverse engineer or teach them how to reverse engineer their best. So GRIT stands for gratitude, resilience, intentionality, and total commitment. So without getting too deep into what each of those things mean, if I could teach you a set of systematic skills underneath each of those four core pillars, um, gratitude, meaning I'm more excited and thankful to compete than I care about winning and losing. Sounds great, but I could teach you how to do that with like worksheets and skills and tools. Resilience, right? Everyone talks about being resilient. Katy Perry sings about it, but you can, you know, you can, you could think of resilience, most people as being tough, tough is not enough. Every high level athlete is tough. Tony Ferguson is tough, but you know what? He's, he, he may be durable and be able to take 300 punches, but he's not very adaptable and having flexible thinking because he hasn't sparred in his fight camps in years and he doesn't make adjustments mid fight. Right. Mm -hmm. So teaching people not just to be tough, but to be durable and adaptable um, to be what I would call like hard to kill or anti-fragile. Like you were the opposite of fragile. If anything, like adversity makes you stronger. In intentionality like goes without saying, right? Like we're we're very intentional in what we do. But one of the questions that you had asked me ahead of time that I won't give too much away, but like what's the one thing at the top that you see different than everybody else? The top 90% coast on talent. The top 9% are, are talented and very intentional in like what they set out to do. Like they have lots of plans. The one percenters are obsessed with like personal development, like development. They're obsessed with improvement. So that means they're evaluating way more than anybody else. They're taking lots of data on themselves. Those are the people that obsessively journal, not just writing in my feelings, but like with strategic answers of try not to give away my journal prompts, but you know, the like strategic answers, the strategic things to drive the needle on a daily basis. Right. And then total commitment for a team, obviously like total commitment to, I would say probably for, for both total commitment to your core values, like holding your values higher than and your performance higher than your outcomes, but um, also the total commitment of the core values of your team. A lot of people on team sports, they sacrifice team for self. So when the team can be above yourself, then in my experience, we're able to do great things. When yourself is above the team, then we tend to negotiate with ourselves and compromise our team's values. When you can combine those four things with a, and I can teach you, what does your best look like? What does your best not, not look like? What are the, you know, what are the thoughts and feelings that bring out your best and worst performances? Um, combine that with a core set of skills that kind of glue all those concepts together. At that point, which at a minimum, in, in my opinion, is like, I, I work with most athletes, like at a minimum of six months at a time, unless it's just for a fight camp. So between that period of 12 weeks of intensive work or six months spread out, at that point, I feel very confident that the best version of you should show up consistently. It's not a guessing game. You, yeah. you know, it brings out your best. You know, it brings out your worst. You have a set of skills to maintain your energy and focus. And you have a set of core values that allow you, that allow you to bring in your heart as a as a weapon so that you are more excited to compete than you care about winning and losing, which ultimately all of those things together allow you to be a dopamine driven competitor, not a cortisol driven competitor. When you hit fight or flight, you're excited 
And all of those positive things that dopamine gives you comes in versus when most people hit fight or flight, at a minimum, they're managing a lot of their emotions. They're fighting the cortisol. They're fighting the lactic acid. They're fighting the cognitive fatigue. All of our energy is spent on like, oh, I know what's happening right now. I'm not nervous. I'm really excited because of this and this and this. Um, I'm going to focus on the opportunity in this fight, which is this and this and this. A couple other questions. And then immediately your brain chases the dopamine, the reward of what you're looking forward to. So they don't get tired because it's an anti-fatigue hormone. They're more focused because it allows you to enhance your cognition. Um, you don't have that lactic acid buildup. So you can feel like you can compete a lot more loose. You can have more flexible thinking because you're happy. And when you're happy, you don't over, you tend to not overthink quite as much. So that's the long detailed answer um, that again, if I could sum up of, you know, what is the unfair advantage looks like? It's teaching you how to reverse engineer your best performance with a combination of core mental skills, a lot of self-knowledge and um, a, a set of processes, concepts and tools to weaponize your heart. Your, everyone says where the mind goes, your body follows. And when your mind and heart don't work together, then it's very difficult to have sustained success. When they work, when your mind is stronger than your feelings, then your heart does what it wants. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, you, your heart does what it's told. Your mind does what it's told. So when we can program our mind to have those sort of thoughts and feelings, then we can have sustained success. Yeah. Yeah, that's really in line with a lot of, and this is, I think this concept just really carries over in a lot of different, philosophies and and ideologies of just like this idea of the mind heart and body triad connection mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. always that like in every book about just balance or alignment or optimizing performance it always comes down to those three being in alignment and you just have a really unique approach that is customized towards those high performance and basically that same concept which is really cool and i yeah. can't gloss over the um, you had mentioned it, but the important factor that differentiates the one, the top one performers, um, was basically that obsession with personal development. And you know what, I just wanted to let you know that that was really, really reassuring for me. Um, because I would definitely classify myself as that person using that definition. Um, but there can be so much kickback from other people of just like the obsession level, like of doing that personal development work and like being obsessed with growth and like just constantly unveiling more of you. And like, like you said, one of my biggest things is I am obsessed with human optimization and like mm -hmm. optimizing human potential. It's like literally my number one obsession in the world. So everything that I can find to do that, it's like, that's like my core driver. So it's really cool that you had mentioned that it kind of just uh, gives me that permission to be like, no, this is what you know, is required of one uh, top performers is having this element. So it's really nice to be like, okay, I'm not necessarily psychopathic when it comes to this. Yeah, no, I think um, psychopathic comes when uh, like we, we, we get unhealthy with it when we start falling in love with like the outcome and result of the optimization versus the prize. So I'll say two things. Would you consider yourself a pretty happy person most, most days? Yeah. Yeah. So of course you are, because if you chase optimization and you chase it in a healthy way, there is no, there is no end. There's no answer. Optimization is bettering your best. So like 
that's one of the reasons like you can let go of perfection when you realize that like perfect isn't what you want because if you're perfect then everything's worse than that so if you're chasing this like consistent sense of betterment then your brain if dopamine is releasing anticipation of a reward like that reward is never ending like there's always a way to better your best that's why like kobe and mj they were already the best in the world they're trying to optimize little things little things little things could be i'm going to be a little bit earlier i'm going to work a little bit harder but more so i'm going to work on these tiny little things to make a difference volk says this all the time they're like how are you still getting better every fight he's like he's like brother i know i'm the best in the world i'm not going to get that much better at fighting i'm trying to get better at these little things every day so when you do that it chases like you're constantly chasing reward so if you're a naturally happy person, you know, um, you know, there's lots of spiritual things. Like we talked about being in alignment, which is something that I teach like in my leadership courses. Um, but realistically, you're chasing dopamine all day. You don't realize it like on purpose, but if you're chasing optimization, professional, you know, personal development, you're obsessed with getting better, then you're chasing dopamine all day. So, and not chasing dopamine in the dooming scroll of your Instagram, chasing dopamine in anticipation of the reward of getting better. So if you love the process more than the prize, which everyone loves to post, but they don't actually feel, um, if you love the process more than the prize, that means that, yes, I'm more excited to train than I feel like I have to be there, even on days that I don't want to. Um, I focus on opportunities, not on obligations. Um, if I love the process more than the prize, then like I said before, you don't want to answer the question of like, how do I be my best? Because when you get to the answer, then, then it's the end. You want to stay in the question of how can I better my best? So mm -hmm. for you and for other high performers, the obsession is like, how can I do a little bit better and a little bit better? Well, how do you do a little bit better every day? You take data and you constantly evaluate. What do most people look at? It's feedback. Feedback. What do most people look at? Most people look at, uh, uh, well, between competitions, let's see how much better I got. Like, you know, what do other people have to say versus, you know, really good performers are typically the ones taking lots of chances because they want to make mistakes because they want feedback quicker. They want coaching. They want those things. So that's really what I notice at the top. And that's why you see elite performers um, really become obsessed with like the, the, the personal development, the feedback, the coaching, they want to make mistakes. They want to learn quicker. Um, that's where the other 9% and 90% struggle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you said something earlier that like I praise and teach all the time. And I was like, I love this. Um, you said at some point, you know, when you're operating physically at the highest levels, there's like only so much technique or like understanding of the game that like you're going to cap off at. It's never going to be that. Right. It's like at some point in order for you to unlock those deeper levels of potential, you're going to have to be looking inward. And doing more of that Correct. inner, would you agree with that? And that's kind of like what you're alluding to when it comes to like doing this mindset work and doing these, uh, the, the grit and everything like that. It's more of like yeah. this internal evaluation yes. and that process. And that's really what gives them that ability to unlock deeper levels of performance and potential. For sure. I mean, you, you, you get to a certain level and you're like conscious mind and body is you can't get much farther. You know, I was, um, you know, I work with Northwestern University. Uh, they're, they just won um, women's NCAA championships last year, Division One for lacrosse. One of their players, well, two of their players were nominated for player of the year. Uh, one of them won. And I, my conversation with her earlier in like two weeks ago or a week ago was, you know, in the next year, 
you don't have a lot of room to get that much better in lacrosse. You are so much better than everyone when you're at your best that you're not going to have dramatic gains. You can make a, a lot of little gains, but not a lot of dramatic gains. I was like, the biggest gain for you is going to be like within yourself, like getting, getting you and your heart skills better, like your emotional control, um, like being able to play with consistent gratitude. Like she played with so much gratitude last year because she tore her ACL the year before. So she was like overwhelmed with gratitude. Now, like it's, it's, it's not as easy to draw on that experience because you played all last year, won a national championship, one player of the year, was nominated for an SB. You know, you have to, you have to find gratitude in a different way. So, um, remind, um, I, I, I know, I know the direction that I'm going, but I forgot the, the core of your question. What was the core of your question? One more time. Um, I was so caught up in, in what you were saying that I kind of forgot what I was asking. Um, sorry. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Um, we're talking about, um, shit. I don't even remember. I was just like so into it, but you were talking about basically you talked with her last week and uh, bringing apart that gratitude piece um, and finding a different way to, for her to. I'll just run. I'll right. just run with it. So yeah, I'll just run with it. So essentially that like when, when you, when you, when you get to that level, um, your conscious mind, your, your conscious body and mind, there's only so much that you can do. So when you look inward, that's really go. your we're biggest right. room for, yeah, that, that's really your biggest room for improvement. So like, again, why is this an unfair advantage? Because, you know, you spent thousands of hours working on your physical skill. You probably read a lot of books. You have a good understanding. You probably have like a decent mindset as it is a, as a high performer, but you've never actually hired somebody to work on this like a skill. Meaning if you're an athlete and you're naturally strong at something, uh, I'm sorry, if you're, you're naturally saying you're naturally a strong, you know, physically, but you've never been to the gym. Imagine if you hired a world-class strength coach to yeah. help you work out, right? Like I would imagine Kobe and Michael Jordan were naturally like very strong athletes, but when they hired Tim Grover as their strength coach, who then doubled as their mindset coach, but when he hired, when they, when he hired them as a strength coach, they both agreed that their games went to a whole nother level because now they're optimizing their, their body in ways that they did it previously. So your mind is very much like that, but way more than the body because just doing sports makes you strong, but like the mind is so deep and powerful and the heart is so deep and powerful that books and podcasts and life experiences only scratches the surface. When you dig in there and do some surgery and, you know, give yourself the opportunity to treat mindset like a skill that you, or like an exercise that you can lift, like confidence is, is a muscle. Relaxing under pressure is a muscle. You know, you're not just going to the gym and throwing weights around. You're strategically building, you know, a physique in your mind. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's important for athletes to kind of just be reminded of that because that really is, and it goes back to that idea of like being in love with the process because the process is skill development. You know, it's not just like doing this one journaling exercise once and then thinking that all your mindset issues are solved and you're going to perform well at this next tournament. Mm -hmm. It's a skill that, you know, getting in the game, learning, failing, and just cutting back up that resilience piece, that's what's going to, you know, help really cultivate that skill, fine tune those details. And then as a result, build that inner confidence as you 
you know, keep moving forward. So I love that. So I know with the unfair advantage, there is so much that people can find as far as your website and all the Mm -hmm. different elements, but what would you promote as kind of the services that are currently available for athletes who want to take their performance and training to the next level? I know that you said you have group coaching and you were doing some one-on-one work. I don't know if that's still something that like you are, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, promoting necessarily, but like, what would you say are the ways in which athletes can work with you if that is their desire? For sure. So, you know, again, for the people that want to work with me, there's a couple, there's a couple avenues. And I just remind everybody that, you know, you don't have to be a Zhang Wei Li to work with me. Um, you know, I, I I work with very different levels. The 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 common factor that you know is imp- one of the common factors that are important is just understanding that you don't have to be sick to get better. I'm not in the business of working with the people that are like really struggling that have a lot of problems with this sort of stuff. Like my curriculum is based for high performers that probably have a pretty good mindset. We all have stuff we need to work on, but it's more so. How can I, um, how can I optimize myself in a way that my opponents probably aren't um, to achieve peak performance consistently? So I just, re- I just remind, I, I say that I preface how they can work with me because some people think I was like, oh man, I'm winning. I don't need it. I'm like, did, did Kobe need it? Did Michael yeah. Jordan need it? Did, did Tom Brady need it? Or, or are they obsessed with getting better to where they're going to take every advantage and believe that this is something that could genuinely separate themselves? So mm-hmm. when I talk with people and they they allude to like, oh, man, I'm, I'm doing really good. I don't need it. I'm like, you ain't for me because a lot of people I work with are number one in the country or the world and they don't really need it. They want an opportunity to set themselves apart because you can either close the gap or widen the gap depending on where you want. So just wanted to preface that because people think you have to be sick to want to get better. And that's the difference between the 99% of the world, most of them, and the 1% that, like you said, you're obsessed with optimization. You're very much like a 1% type of person. Like you don't, you don't need to have a problem to want to get better. Um, You don't wait till the wheel falls off. So to answer your question, how do people work with me? So uh, for the first time ever, and one of the reasons why like I split off to do my own thing was because I wanted to reach more people. I mainly only reach people in team and one-on-one coaching, which is very limiting. So now um, about every eight to 12 weeks, I will run a set of group courses. Uh, this first one was, I intended it to be small, but it sold out in like three days and then doubled oversold in the next week. So The next groups will be a little bit bigger, but um, I will run courses concurrently. One will always be like my, my, my core course, which is reverse engineering success, which is eight weeks. And it's a, it's, it's more of an intensive program that kind of gives you the core skills to bring out the best in you. I will run other courses. Like currently I'm running a course for coaches and it's called purpose driven leadership. So I will be doing the same thing for athletes, purpose driven athlete. I do um, one-on-one and team coaching as well. And I don't spend as much time with the one-on-ones. I'd rather service a lot more people doing my groups, but I'm always open to one-on-one training with the right fit. I love all my one-on-one clients or all dream clients. So like, I love pouring into them. I just can't do that at scale. So I don't take quite as many. So there's usually a wait list for that. Uh, team coaching, work with teams of all sports. Those two national championship trophies behind me are from lacrosse teams. I never played the cross, but three, but two teams, three years, three national championships. I think lacrosse is a good fit for me. Um, <laughs> I enjoy it. I, I, I've enjoyed that. And uh, the other thing with the group courses is that, you know, I'm going to have courses on different 
aspects in my curriculum. So I have over 80 pieces of curriculum in my program. So which means it's very vast. If we work together weekly, you would have 80 weeks before you saw something twice. And um, I wanted with the group coaching, you know, like a course on confidence, a course on gratitude, a course on resilience, um, a course on emotional control, right? Like each one of these courses, I will, I will kind of like rotate between my reverse engineering and um, a skill-based course. So that's essentially how you can work with me is one-on-one -on -one or team coaching um, more easily accessible through the group coaching that'll run about eight, every eight to 12 weeks. Um, and then obviously like seminars speaking as well. And if you have any business people on there, I do executive coaching as well. I love pouring in to high-performing business owners. Um, so much fun. It's very similar to me when I work with non-combat sport athletes, teaching them that like, you know, fighters mentality, but in another sport is so much fun. Yeah. So similar with business. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And so in regard to like the best way for them to fill out wait lists or get on a wait list yeah. or enroll, would that just be like clicking, you know, I could post like the website link in the show notes, or is there a specific link that you would prefer? Got it. Yeah. So um, if you want to apply for coaching, uh, there's links in my bio for that. So if you, if you go to my Instagram bio and uh, you go look to the Google form, there's, there's a link in my bio for that. Um, I'll be posting that on my website again here soon. I shut it down because I, because of the course, but if you go to the link in my bio that is directed to the Google form, you could fill out there. Honestly, if you're interested, DM me, like, I would love to see if we're a good fit. So mindset underscore Mike on, on Instagram, that's the easiest way. If you want to just fill out an application, you sure can. Um, if you want to email me, Mike at unfairadvantagemindset.com, um, that's another way. But most people, 80% of people reach out to me on Instagram. That's the easiest way. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this was such a golden conversation as always, and just so juicy. I'm definitely excited to dive in and most likely take advantage of one of your group coaching courses. I'm, I'm excited to try that. I want to do that within this year or two. I'm currently studying for my CSSD, um, which my goal is to cool. take that by the uh, mid-year, which is for sports-specific dietitian license, something I've always oh, wanted. I love that. So I want to kind of check that off my bucket list and get that done. And that's a lot of studying. And, you know, like you said, I'm always kind of, what's the next thing I can start studying and getting that unfair advantage of. So I think that's going to be the next perfect step. Um, and again, you know, it's everybody... funny. It's it's funny. I have two women in my course that I feel like uh, if they combined each other would be you. Um, and mm -hmm. it's uh, Katie, Katie Hooven and Becca Burkert are, are, in, are, in, are in the course. So nutritionist and like very spiritual driven coaching. Like if you combine that, you get Natalie in one. Yes, basically. That's basically yeah. it. I started off the nutrition and then just kind of with kind of what we talked about, there's just deeper levels of the self and the human that unlock more potential. It's not just nutrition. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where my passion really comes is like integrating both and really, you know, being able to optimize performance. Yeah, I love that. Um, so love that's that. awesome. Um, yeah, and I know those girls too. So um, that'd be a cool collab. Everyone at, at, everyone at the top usually knows each other because we're all chasing the same things. We're running around the same circles and we're, we're following the same accounts on Instagram. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, um, again, I will, if you guys 
have any gold nuggets that you want to extract or just share with us on social of what really resonated with you, please feel free to tag us, um, Mindset Mike and Body by Boss LLC on Instagram. Check out his website at the very least just to see all the things that he offers. His content, obviously follow him because it's great content. It's a nice mix of educational, inspirational, and um, just like some fu funny memes and things like that as well. So you get yeah. all the fun and again, you got to filter what you're putting in your mind. And he's one of the people that you want to kind of put in your mind and, you know, weed out the things that aren't really serving you and helping you reach your potential. So make Thank sure you. he's one of those people on your feed. Um, and other than that, I, thanks for tuning in guys. And thanks Mike for being here and we'll see you the next episode. See you the next one. Thank you so much.